literary fans and welcome to episode 37 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're going to be reading chapter 15 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. And we'll be reading it from a couch once again. Yay! Uh, so if you want to contact me, you can go over to jeffreadshisbook.com and right there you can find three ways to contact me. Or while you're there, you could consider buying a copy of this terrible book or its sequel, Bringing Balance. They're both available in ebook or, if you're crazy, print form. Yes, I am always reading them in print form. I believe I have one of the only two copies of Offworlder right here in front of me. Uh, the other one is upstairs because right now we're in the basement in the live studio. The live recording studio. What, what do you want to say? Uh, I guess that's fine. Live studio. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I'll be on the couch today once again because my Macintosh, for my own security, still will not allow me to record on a microphone. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we do have some feedback from last week. Uh, and that feedback is, of course, from my lovely wife, Laura. She wrote in with some answers to our discussion questions. So, the first discussion question, uh, let me see here. I did ask uh, about the first one. I asked if you had an on-call job. Uh, let me see. So, Laura responds. She said she never had a formal on-call job, but was called in to work once on a Sunday to count drug money. That is a true story. It was a duffel bag of cash. <laughs> and... I do love that story, and I knew she was going to give me that story. So that was exactly the story I was saying. No, 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 not that one. Because I did point out, give me, I know which one you're going to say. Well, this is the one you were going to say. But, oh, it says, too bad I told this story. <laughs> it's all good. I like that story, though. It's probably the most fun story she has from her, like, you know, career, I think. Uh, question two, I did ask, how bad was that plan that Roland had for stopping the Raiders? Right? Um, let me see. So Laura just suggests, she warned me, she was like, I don't have any good answer to that. So she suggests maybe the cat from the previous mission in chapter 12 came up with the plan. Not sure, uh, I don't think that's the case, but I do like the callback. So bonus points for that. Yeah, you would definitely get, uh, uh, partial credit on that on the, uh, written exam in uh, high school. You know what I mean? Well, I would assume this book will eventually be taught in English classes around the world. But uh, yeah, definitely. That's a good point. If you're doing the callback, I think you're going to get a lot of extra credit for that. Huh? Okay. And then let me see. Question three was the two-parter about lamb. So I said, do you like lamb? She says, never tried it, but it sounds fatty and gross. And I have been with her when it's been served, and she looks at it and just says, no, I'm not eating that. And it's because it's so fatty and gross looking, yeah. And so she claims mint jelly is good on some things. I have never had mint jelly. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only good jelly is grape jelly. Maybe strawberry jam gets a pass, but that's it. Everything else can go to hell. Yeah, grape jelly is the only good one. Yeah, deal with it. All right, and then the second part of that question, um, she says, uh, oh, so I asked if you're allowed to eat lamb, because I didn't know if that was like veal. 
And she says, I try not to eat baby anything, right? Good for her. And she does say that adult cows are cute. That's capitalized. So she's very excited about cute adult cows. She's got a point. Cows are cute in their own, like, slow-moving, dumb way. I kind of like them. I kind of... I grew up in my hometown, a lot of dairy farms. So we used to see cows quite a bit. And if you timed things just right, you'd have to wait for them to cross the street. It was annoying because it was a main road and the pasture was across the street from the farm. So you would actually get stuck watching all these damn cows cross the street. It was fun. It made it feel uh, a little bit more homey. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the country, kind of. You know what I mean? So what was I going to talk about today? Oh, oh, first I did want to say we are coming up quick on National Novel Writing Month. Oh my God. So I'm recording this on Monday, the 21st of October, which means National Novel Writing Month is just, it's approaching at a rapid pace. I still haven't decided if I should participate this year. As I said, I don't believe Laura would like that, but, you know, I got to keep this podcast going. And we are, like, deep into this book, so I'm already getting nervous if I'm going to have enough books to keep, you know, this podcast going. That would be scary, right? Well, I don't know. I kind of want to, but I don't have, like, any ideas. You know, it's going to be tough. I'll have to think about it some more. I'll get back to you next week, right? Next week, like seven days. So let's say I do record on Sunday next week, which I plan to. That would be the 27th of October. So that would leave me, uh, what, four days to come up with a plot and decide if I'm going to be in National Novel Writing Month. Tough call. If you're going to be in National Novel Writing Month, look me up. I'm on the National Novel Writing Month website, NaNoWriMo, Rimo, whatever the hell you say. Uh, I'm under there as Armstrong J, so you can uh, we can um, join up on there and be writing buddies. Wouldn't that be fun? I'll tell you what, if one person becomes my writing buddy on there, I'll try to write a book. <laughs> I think that's a deal. you got to let me know, though, if you're going to do it, because I'm not uh, aware of it, usually. I don't go on there and check regularly, although I probably should start, right, if it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Also, I did say in my podcast, and I only remembered it because I was actually listening to it again out of boredom, but I said I was going to maybe look at the logs and see like how many people are currently listening to the show. And I got to say, I was a little surprised. I think we're around like 20 listeners. It's a little hard to tell though. I don't know. Like Stitcher bot is one of the downloads. So was that like a person or the, who gives a crap, I guess, but it's a little uh, confusing, but a couple iPhone users were using it. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're going to have to have a convention for all the listeners, <laughs> right? What would it be called? Uh, ooh, write in if you have a good name for the, for the, what did I call this? Um, uh, the Sandhill Mages, I think, right? On Amazon <laughs> book two. <laughs> What if I write a book in between these? Is it going to be book one and a half? <laughs> All right. I, I, anyway. Yeah. So like 20 or 30 listeners. I couldn't be more thrilled with that kind of listenership. That is great. <laughs> so exciting. And I am so excited today for chapter 15. So chapter 15 comes in at 10 pages. So this is the net. We've had a lot of these like 10 page length chapters the last few weeks. So 
we're moving through the book at a real rapid clip at this point. Uh, I'm on page 115. That's out of page 190. I, I feel like we're just getting towards the end really fast. How many chapters are in this book? Says 24 chapters. All right. All right. So we still have nine chapters to go. That's nine weeks of this wonderful, wonderful podcast. But um, hey, it makes me nervous. So that's kind of why I feel like I should do National Novel Writing Month, just to make sure I have some books to work with. So anyway, in chapter 15, uh, exciting news. We're going to have a meeting. Um, we're going to see some... This is going to be a fun chapter. I think like the book is just written to be around this chapter, I guess. This is a... Uh, what I want to say, it's a big moment in the Margot Henry relationship in this book, in this chapter, this chapter. I personally like this chapter. Um, the amount of magic in it, I did see some, but it's going to be a little slim. Uh, not an exciting chapter, I don't think. It, well, it's exciting, but not in a magical way. <laughs> well, okay, that doesn't even sound right either, because isn't love magical? Aww. <laughs> anyway, uh... I'm just excited for it, so I see no reason to delay, so why don't we go ahead and dive in to Chapter 15. So for today's episode, I am going to be sipping on a nice glass of wild turkey on the rocks. Delicious. Mmm. Mmm. That is good. It is not the 101. It's just regular wild turkey. I decided to opt for that this time around, although I was, eh, I was thinking about some Evan Williams when I was at the store, but I don't know. Sometimes you got to mix it up, right? Live life on the edge. That's what I say. Woo! Okay. Let's go ahead here. Henry's usurping of the defense of the village did earn him multiple stern lectures, although his direct supervisors seemed mostly impressed rather than irritated. His Tuesday was filled. Tuesday, right? We're keeping real good track of the days. So when did the f attack take place? Monday? I guess Monday, huh? I'm not going back to look. <laughs> His Tuesday was filled with meetings where he received tongue lashings, followed by training sessions in the art of, quote, following orders as demanded by Roland. Many of the warrior mages actually resented him for earning them lectures for a day for earning them lectures for a day okay so everybody had to sit in all right all right yeah i'd be pissed too fucking henry god damn uh henry sat through it all smiling however never questioning or challenging their logic he had been fully aware of what he had done and he was all right with it wednesday morning <laughs> I love, I love how punctual this book is. <laughs> Wednesday morning, he left for breakfast slightly later than he liked. He had not seen Margot since the night of the party, Aww. and he did not want to create an awkward situation by finding her alone at breakfast. If more people were present, though, he thought things would be fine. He actually would prefer to sit alone with Margot, but he knew that the awkwardness would probably be overwhelming. Ugh, this is... What's up, high school? God damn. <laughs> when he emerged from the commissary with breakfast, he saw a table with Janie and Joe sitting together, but Margot was nowhere to be seen. He sat down next to Janie with a plate of sausages and biscuits. How many biscuits would he take? I don't think, like... 
I go to Bob Evans and they usually give you two biscuits if it comes with biscuits. Even that's a lot of freaking biscuits. I have to take that other one home. Ah, I, how can you have a plate of biscuits? I guess maybe if he just has two, that is plural. Yeah, and if you're just having sausages with it, yeah, all right, all right, all right. It just seems like very bready. You know what I mean? A lot of starches in this man's diet. Uh, so where are your roommates this morning, he asked. Janie rolled her eyes and answered, Well, Pauline is feeling a bit sick, but that wasn't what you actually wanted to ask. Margot isn't here because she knew you would, uh, be. <laughs> Sorry, page turn. <laughs> Surprise, he asked. She really said that? Janie nodded. And you're being nice to her? Yes, she admitted with a sigh. I apologize like you said I should. We're all good. You really asked her out on a date, Joe asked. Henry nodded that he had while he ate. Why, he continued. Janie laughed at him. Henry tried to think of a safe answer. With a wistful look and a wave, he answered, The heart loves who it loves. There's no logic. Ugh, Janie said while Henry laughed at his own comment. Joe shook his head in confusion. I don't see it. The attraction. Joe's being a little forward in this. Usually he's a shy piece of garbage. No stuttering or anything, huh? Yeah, this is way off character. Some, whoever wrote this book stinks. Henry shrugged. Good, he replied, smiling. I don't like competition. Ugh, this is so stupid. He quickly ate the rest of his meal, and the trio disappeared into the temple for the usual staff meeting. Drinking break! I know you guys are looking forward to this staff meeting, huh? Me too. I'm going to have a nice big drink before we read about it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Margot walked into the staff meeting alone, coming straight from home. She had wanted to avoid Henry, mostly because she was worried he'd be angry or simply unfriendly towards her, and she didn't think she could handle that. Janie had apologized to her Sunday afternoon. Wow, so many days of the week in this chapter. <laughs> Although Margot was pretty sure her acceptance of the apology was far too cold. Typo, because it's the wrong two. All right. Uh, it should have been T-O-O, -O, and it's just T-O. Yeah. Pauline had been upset with her in her own way. <sighs> Pauline had been upset with her in her own way, too, upon hearing the news. Pauline, though, seemed more sad than angry. The previous day, the entire temple settlement had been a buzz about Henry's magic. Margot hadn't known what to think about the actions of the young mage. He was brutal, but not in a permanently debilitating way, and extremely effective from what she had heard. With most everyone, Henry's reputation had climbed significantly. Inside the temple, she glanced around for someone to sit with. As usual, towards the rear, she spotted Janie's head towering above her neighbors. Next to her, though, at the far end of the aisle, stood Henry. When she stepped into the hall, Henry's head whipped around and their eyes met. Margot kept her cool composure, but Henry smiled warmly and waved. She smiled back at her would-be suitor weakly. Okay, so would-be has got a dash in it, and this one doesn't have the dash space. 
What the hell? Why does some of them have that? All right. Margot found herself caught completely off balance. Again, the dash is correct. (laughs) You know, because the dash space is the whole previous... Every time a dash appears in the previous 14 chapters, it's always fucked up. What the hell? I wonder if it's messed up in the ebook. I'm guessing yes. (laughs) All right. She had expected anything but friendliness from him. His eyes stayed stayed glued to her, though, almost appearing relieved to see her. Glancing to the other side of the room, she started walking again, bumping into another mage who had tried to pass her as she stood baffled. She walked to Henry's aisle and stood next to Joe, waiting for the meeting to start. If everyone could please be seated, we can get started, Elliot said from the front of the temple. We have some big news to get to, so I'll let Roland begin. You've all heard by now that our success with the southern wildlings... Oh, God. By... (laughs) You've all heard by now about our success with the southern wildlings by now. (laughs) Okay. That's twice. (laughs) Oh, my God. Screensaver. I swear to God I turned this off. Oh, goddamn laptop. Okay. You've all heard by now about our success with the Southern Wildlings by now, so there's no reason to discuss that at this time, Roland said dismissively. The issues pertinent to the incident have already been addressed. Janie leaned towards Joe and whispered, I'm sitting next to the issues. Margot started to laugh and covered her mouth with one hand. She watched Joe struggle to stifle a laugh. Looking at Janie, Margot saw Henry lean around her and say, What? Margot couldn't hold back her laugh, and it escaped from her mouth. Oh, she laughed at Henry. Looking at, uh, Miss LaFleur, is there a problem? Elliot asked in a serious tone. She shook her head and held her mouth closed in a straight line. Wonderful, because the next subject is applicable to you, Elliot explained. Roland started. The magistrates will have a delegation present on Friday. All right, we're up to like four days of the week mentioned in this chapter. (laughs) Margot's amusement dissipated immediately. They wish to inspect our staff and possibly call up those they feel could fill some open positions. We're told that they will need our best due to some concerns with troubles in the southern plateaus and for gen... Page turn. Oh, come on! All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. I still can't turn the page. General peacekeeping missions closer to the capital. That was a long sentence. Ugh. Especially with the page turn. <laughs> Margot shuddered at the thought. She feared her brother or sister might come. Although the sensible part of her mind told her that either of them coming was extremely unlikely. She would, of course, be passed over, having not done much noteworthy work since she arrived, which was how she preferred things to be. Others could be selected. That's a useless sentence, all right. Uh, They would mostly pull from the warrior mages, she supposed. Her thoughts were interrupted by a question. Miss LaFleur, do you know if either of your siblings will be coming? Elliot asked from the front of the room. Margot felt herself blushing and frowning. 
She shook her head to indicate that she, in fact, did not know, which was, of course, true. All the department heads will be told when their inspections will take place. Any patrols that are scheduled for Friday will proceed. They do not usually pull from our patrolling mages, mostly special reserves, Roland explained. Is that clear to everyone? The silence in the room implied that it was. Very good. On to new business. Drinking break! Mm. Don't you love these staff meeting chapters? <laughs> well, it was a drinking break, so we're probably done with the staff meeting. Yeah, I'm going to have a little more because this book's bad. Mm. Okay. On the training fields after the staff meeting, the warrior mages milled about excitedly, waiting for the lieutenant and Malcolm to explain the details of the magistrate's visit. Henry didn't really understand the excitement since he wasn't exactly sure he'd want to be, quote, recruited or called up or whatever else it may have been called. He stood towards the back, calmly waiting for a meeting of sorts to begin. Isn't it odd that, like, the magistrates run their government and, like, their army, like, uh, like baseball? You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're calling up from the minor leagues and stuff. That seems a little odd. But it's all kind of the same organization, I guess? I don't know. Eh. All right. Um, you think you got a shot, Dev Devon? Devin? Devin? What have you been saying? I actually don't remember. Devin asked him with a scowl after... Uh, okay, let me start this paragraph again. <laughs> you think you've got a shot, Devin asked him with a scowl. I think it's Devon we've been saying. Devon asked him with a scowl after walking over from the other young excited mages. Henry shrugged with true indifference. Of course he does, laughed another mage. He took down 40 men alone. A few people murmured agreement. And directly violated orders, Devon said, inching closer to Henry. Cindy grabbed at one of Devon's arms, saying, Hey, cool it, all right? You look like an ass. Don't start a fight. Henry had noticed Cindy being somewhat nicer to him of late, probably due to all the talk about himself lately. Oh, because he's... Because he's a baller now, so she's like, oh, I better be nice to this guy. Uh, oh my god, screensaver again. I swear to god I turned this off. Oh god. Um, how do I turn off the screensaver? We're going to have a little delay while I turn off the screensaver once again. Oh my god. I think, okay, write in if you remember what I was calling him. Devon, or was it like... Devin? I don't remember. I honestly have no idea. Sorry, I'm trying to turn off the screensaver still. This is thrilling podcasting. I could probably edit this out. Okay, we do not want the screensaver, right? And I'm going to turn off the lock screen, right? Okay, okay, close. Let's try this again. Here we go. Um, Your showboating is, to, is going to get you nowhere, Devon said, still approaching... Henry sighed loudly, looking away, but he suddenly started moving his fingers with maddening speed, setting up a surprise for the angry, approaching mage if he tried to escalate matters. Devon, can we please just try to get along? I'm not trying to showboat, Henry said calmly. 
You smug piece of, he started to say as he lunged towards Henry. He couldn't finish, though, as he collided with an invisible energy field that shot impulses through his body, causing him to fall to the ground in convulsions. Other mages laughed at Devon, now still on the ground moaning in pain. Henry simply shook his head, frowning. Cindy squinted at Henry, but she said nothing. Finally, their two supervisors appeared. Do you think they just, like, appeared in, like, a puff of smoke, or did they walk over? I don't know. What's more magical? What would you do if you were making this into a movie? I bet, uh, they'd probably make them just poof into existence. You know what I mean? Because Hollywood likes special effects. I freaking hate them. All right. As you heard, the magistrate's envoys will be arriving Friday for an inspection. Many of you may get called up, which is not good for us, but perhaps better for all the lands, the lieutenant said. Malcolm, could you give a quick overview of the schedule? Malcolm cleared his throat and explained. The representatives expect us on the training fields no later than 10 in the morning for inspection. They've already received your profile, so they should know who you are. Henry wasn't sure how he felt about that, but held his tongue. We expect everyone here at nine to prepare for their arrival, Malcolm continued. As the day wears on, many of you may be released. You can take the rest of the day off. Henry smiled at this small parting prize. Oh, 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 while you will have been rejected. Okay, so I thought this was going to be a quote. Okay, all right. I thought I found a typo. While you will have been rejected, you do get some free time off as a consolation. So that's kind of like what he was thinking in his head. The use really threw me off like somebody was trying to say them. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe it should be a quote. I'm not sure. <laughs> this is like a, is this a typo or just bad writing? I'm not sure. They'll want to interview most of you. They'll want to interview most of you individually, I expect, Elliot explained. After that, some demonstrations will be necessary. Page turn. Come dressed to impress, but still in fighting clothes. Understand? Everyone nodded. Good. That is all. The excitement amongst the warrior mages was palpable, and Henry shared none of it. Oh, that's nice. Drinking break! Mm. This glass got entirely too empty, entirely too fast. Yeah, not good, not good. Mm. I feel like this chapter is very uh, administrative so far, don't you think? A lot of directions and directives and meetings and... Not great, not great. All right. I thought it was going to be more character development, but apparently not so much right now. <laughs> okay. Janie sat with her two roommates at dinner, thinking over the events of the day. So, do you both have to appear for inspection, she asked. I do, Pauline replied, but not until the late afternoon. We'll be mixing all morning since we just received fresh lizards from the south. Lots of harvesting. Gross! <laughs> Janie pursed her lips in disgust. I'm with Janie on this one. What about you, she said, nodding to Margot. They don't want to see new people, Margot explained, while she absently pushed peas and chicken around her plate. 
There's only four of us, so just not me. Yeah, Janie agreed. Same with me, no new people, so I'm off the hook. Janie didn't like the concept of the inspections and their, quote, calling up mages to work for the magistrates. She understood the need, but she was just starting to feel comfortable in her world here. She knew the inspections would lead to at least one major change. It'll be weird without Henry around, she said with a resigned tone. Margot dropped her fork from her hand onto her plate, where it clanged loudly. Sorry, she said with a flustered voice. Janie, I oh, that should have been a new paragraph. Sorry, she said with a flustered voice. Janie eyed her suspiciously. She wanted badly to know what was going on in her friend's head. You think they'd really take him? Pauline asked casually. Absolutely, Janie said. How could they pass him over? Well, that's a bummer. I like Henry, Pauline responded. There aren't many of us off-worlders either, you know. Janie returned to studying Margot, who would not look up from her plate now. She knew there was some sort of turmoil inside her friend. Hopefully it's not in her intestines, am I right? Woo! <laughs> but she wasn't sure what exactly was going on. She smiled at her, though. Uh, she smiled at her, though. She now saw that Margot's feelings about Henry weren't quite as black and white as she let on. Drinking break! Oh my god, this is not going to be a good drinking break. So let's pause for a moment, shall we? Oh, and we are back with a little bit more whiskey. Mm. This is not ideal since it's a Monday and I'm drinking, but eh, I got to go through some paperwork after this for a, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to say, but not work related, but sometimes it helps to have a little bit to drink while I go through that too. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> yeah, whatever. Laura understands, right? Laura's out there. She gets it. Okay. Let's keep reading, because this is getting fun, don't you think? Don't you like how, um, I kind of picture that, like, uh, Margot dropping the fork thing. Yeah, kind of like, uh, I can see it happening in a movie, in the movie adaptation of this book. All right. Thursday wasn't, uh, another, another weekday. <laughs> We're up to, like, seven. <laughs> uh, but, 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 Thursday was an almost entirely unproductive day for Margot. As usual, she was handling paperwork since there was little regular work for an illusionist. Even with the Monday ta mundane task of filling in forms and filing, she was making mindless mistakes. The coming inspections had her worried more than she could have imagined a few weeks ago. She hadn't seen any family in years, choosing to remain mostly unnoticed. Her brother and sister had not sought her out, but she was more surprised her father and mother hadn't sent people to collect her. She was thankful to be left alone. What really scared Margot was losing any friends to the magistrates. She knew they were an evil, unjust government, at least in her opinion, but she thought they could turn her friends to suit their machinations. Big word. Wow, past Jeff. I'm impressed. There was a chance Pauline could be called up, although Margot doubted it. However, there was a real danger in Henry being chosen. Margot was able to talk to Pauline at breakfast, warning her about the magistrates. Pauline hadn't seemed concerned at all. 
She related to Margot that she had no intention of agreeing to leave the settlement, especially since she had no idea who the magistrates were. Her explanation had eased some of Margot's fears, and she had asked Pauline to speak with Joe as well. Margot didn't see Henry all day, though. As evening quickly approached, she sat staring blankly at papers and books before her. She needed to find Henry this evening and warn him about the magistrates. Henry was powerful and skilled, two qualities that... Oh, these page turns are going so badly. Uh, The magistrates would certainly be seeking. As an off-worlder, though, he wouldn't know much about how they rule. However, oh god, so many, all right. However Henry felt about her now, probably mild dislike after her refusal, she didn't want to see him go bad. Margot slapped her hands on her desk and rose. She'd have to try to catch him leaving the training fields. Throwing on her cloak, she left in a rush and walked briskly out into the late afternoon sun. Five minutes later, Margot was standing at the empty training fields. Nobody was in sight, and Margot started to panic, thinking she figured she might she uh, she figured that maybe he had headed to the commissary to grab dinner. Turning, she rushed to her usual dining place. Margot saw no sign of Henry inside the commissary, and burst through the side door to see if he sat outside. Another mage nearly fell over as she pushed the door open, but she ignored him, scanning the picnic tables. There was no sign of Henry, although Joe waved to her at a table where he sat alone. She rushed over to him. Leaning on the table with both hands, she asked with urgency, Where's Henry? I I don't know, Joe said nervously. I haven't seen him at all today. There's a lot of dot, dot, dots. See, we're back on character for Joe instead of being so forward like the last conversation with him. Margot slapped the table and stood. Looking around her surroundings, she turned back, she turned back and pointed at Joe. Be careful tomorrow, okay? Did Pauline talk to you? Um, yes, but I don't understand, he said. But Margot didn't hear the rest of his question. She was rushing back to the southbound road towards Henry's house. Oh, she's trying to find Henry. It's so sweet. Minutes later, Margot found herself walking up to Henry's tiny house. She paused as she approached the door in an attempt to collect herself and suppress her now raging panic. After a moment, she knocked as calmly as she could manage at the door. No answer came from inside. Margot felt panic rising stronger than before now. She rapped hard on the door with her fist, but still there was no answer. Turning, she said, Henry, as if scolding him in some way. She surveyed the area around his house, but she saw no sign of him. Thinking, she decided that perhaps Janie knew where he had gone, and she left for her house next. Halfway home, she spotted him walking casually across the grass towards his house. She stopped and suppressed the urge to run to him. She breathed deep 
and walked in a line that would intercept him on his way home. Drinking break! Ooh! What do you guys think? This is, like, tense. She really needed to find him. I think she's nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, here we go. Henry stopped in surprise as he saw Margot walking briskly towards him. He had been headed home after a final afternoon meeting, which had been excruciatingly boring. Mar seeing Margot was a pleasant surprise. He attempted to change his look of surprise into one of friendliness. Henry, she called as she approached. She stopped a few steps away from him. Hi, um, I was trying to find you. Hi, Margot, he said in surprise. He said the surprise still audible in his voice. How would that sound? Hi, Margot. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to do it. All right, all right. Uh, still audible in his voice. He was actually excited to see her. Um, I heard you did well against the Raiders in the South, she said somewhat sheepishly. Oh, uh, thanks, he said. There was an awkward pause before she continued. So, I wanted to know if I could ask you a favor. Margot seemed almost nervous to Henry, although he didn't know why. She had always seemed quite collected, with a few exceptions. When she looked up at him, the words, Anything for you slipped from his mouth. Ugh. Seriously? You suck, dude. His face turned red immediately as Margot's eyes widened in surprise. After a moment, she asked, Could you maybe skip the inspections tomorrow? Sure, he answered. Margot's eyes narrowed as she studied him. You don't want to know why, she asked. Ooh, jeez. That was pretty douchey. Uh, the <laughs> Anything for you? Ugh. <laughs> Usually when I say that to Lara, like if she's like, hey, can you um, get some new towels for the downstairs bathroom? And I say anything for you, she just groans and says, enough of that, Armstrong. Yeah. All right. It's pretty douchey. Yeah. It doesn't matter, Henry replied, shrugging. Oh, okay, why don't we backtrack? So, uh... Margot's eyes narrowed as she studied him. You don't want to know why, she asked. It doesn't matter, Henry replied, shrugging. You don't need to patronize me, she said with anger. What? Henry said, a look of confusion on his face. Just because I said no to you doesn't mean you can treat me like crap, she said. No, Margot, I meant, he thought for a moment before continuing. I meant that I trust you. If you say I shouldn't be there, I believe you. She stared at him, her scowl faltering. Henry continued. I know that you said that we shouldn't go out on a date, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm in love with you. Margot's eyes widened in surprise. Realizing what he had just said, Henry hurried on. I'm not angry with you or anything, Margot, and I trust you wouldn't ask me to skip inspections unless you really had my best interests in mind. Margot's face softened, and she was smiling at Henry. He smiled back. They stood silent for a few moments. Henry waited for a response. Oh my god. Screensaver, sorry. Uh, Margot's face softened, and she was smiling at Henry. He smiled back. 
They stood silent for a few moments. Henry waited for a response. To his great surprise, she suddenly stepped right up to him and kissed him lightly on the cheek. Henry could feel her warmth as she leaned into him. The moment seemed to last for ages, even though it was over in an instant. She she stepped back and said, Thank you, Henry. After a handful of seconds, she walked briskly away. Henry followed her with his eyes as she strode away from him. He had been speechless after she had pecked him on the cheek, but he wondered if perhaps there was something he should have said. He decided there wasn't. The moment was perfect. Once she was out of sight, he danced a little jig and ran home to his house elated. Aw, drinking break! (laughs) Oh my god, that was sappy, wasn't it? Mmm. Yeah, this is why I like this chapter. Yeah, chapter. Okay. Margot walked straight home after talking to Henry, focusing only on getting into the privacy of her house. On the steps of her house, she pushed the door open, stepped inside, and closed the door hard behind her, leaning leaning her back against it. She couldn't believe what she had just done, and she didn't want to see Henry following after her, as unlikely as that would be. "'What's wrong with you?' Janie said from the table, looking at Margot suspiciously. Startled, Margot just stared at Janie seated at the table, still with her back to the door, her palms back against the wood. "'Did something happen?' "'No, nothing,' she said far too excitedly. "'I I, I just kissed Henry,' she thought to herself over and over again. She couldn't figure out what that meant, but her heart was racing.' She suddenly realized that she hadn't moved since entering the home, and it had been a substantial amount of time. She looked back at Janie, who was standing to walk over. I'm fine, Margot exclaimed. That stopped Janie in her tracks. Okay, Janie said slowly. Do you want to sit down? No, I uh just need to lay down for a little while, she said. With some effort, she ran across the living room and into her bedroom, shutting the door behind her and resuming the same posture now on her own bedroom door. On her bedroom door. There's no own in there. (laughs) That kiss had confused and surprised her. She asked herself if that meant she was in love with Henry. She had spent the better part of the day worrying about losing him. But just as a friend, she now thought it was so much more than that, and it frightened her. She had been concerned that her other friends might be called away, but the thought of Henry's absence made her chest ache. She couldn't bear the thought of the ridiculous off-worlder leaving. She supposed she was in love with him, and it made her giggle as she slid down the door and onto the floor. "'Are you all right, Margot?' Janie said quietly from the other side of the door. "'I've never felt better,' she replied, and she meant it. Ah. And that ends chapter 15. Well, that was an incredibly romantic chapter, don't you think? I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Like, it seems like Margot kind of had a softening of the heart. And she finally realized that, oh, she does like Henry. And she likes him in a romantic way. Or so it seems from this book. 
I was a little disappointed in their, when she kissed him and their, their dialogue there. I thought after I had written this, you know, not having read it back, that there was more interaction there, but it, it was a little bit on the weak side. I'm going to say it was a little on the weak side, but not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it was a little sappy. I don't know. I was pretty happy with it. So most of this book is basically just to show how Henry and Margot become an item, like a thing. That's the whole point of Offworlder, I think. That's what I'm going to say. Whatever, as the author of the stupid thing, yes, that's what it's about. <laughs> so this chapter was pretty pivotal because it, you know, it was supposed to illustrate Margot's coming around to thinking Henry was a cool guy, even though he's kind of a douchebag, as we've discussed many, many, many times on this podcast. So I wasn't too, uh, I was, I was pretty happy with this chapter. I think it went okay. I think it went okay. Uh, next chapter, it continues this little uh, tryst a little more, you know. Uh, I already peeked ahead at it. It's not particularly exciting, but uh, yeah, it's more character development. This is all character development, I guess you'd call it, right? Because it shows a little bit of Margot's inside her head and stuff like that. Riddled with typos. I will say this chapter did have substantially more typos than other ones. There was some missing punctuation. There was ambiguous sentences that maybe should have been quotes. I don't know. It wasn't particularly well written. But I think that happens a lot when it's a chapter I'm excited about. And I was excited about this chapter because it shows my very juvenile thinking of how Romances start, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I, how does any of how do any of them start? They're all stupid when it comes down to it. I don't know. The lovely Laura and I, we had a nice start to our romance. I think. Um, I don't know what her feeling on it is, but I thought it was delightful. It probably could have been written into a movie. Laura, write in and tell me what you think. <laughs> so. This was, like I said, an important chapter. Next chapter is going to be pretty important. I already read through like a couple more chapters just to see what happens next. And if you're looking for magic, maybe the book's not going to be great. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. The plot, as I've pointed out, is pretty weak, except for the Margot Henry romantic relationship that's slowly developing, right? Yeah. So why don't we just do some discussion questions, because I feel a little embarrassed about how stupid this book is. <laughs> okay, all right. Question one. All right, so uh, Pauline has some work to do. Let me see. Let me read that section. Let's see if we can find it. I don't know if you remember what day was it? Um, Pauline was sick. Margot goes to a meeting. Um... Okay, I swear, uh, um, wow, so I have a discussion question, but I don't know if it was in this chapter. Oh my god, this is so bad. All right, I gotta pause and find what I'm looking for here. This is no good whatsoever. God damn it. Okay, found it. This took forever to find. All right, 
So Janie was asking if they have to appear for inspection, Margot and Pauline. And Pauline says, I do, but not until the late afternoon. We'll be mixing all morning since we just received fresh lizards from the south. Lots of harvesting. So, question one, what is Pauline harvesting from lizards? <laughs> all right, so she does potions. So you have to think in like magical terms. What would you put in a potion that comes off a lizard? Uh, I think some easy answers would be maybe like a tongue or an eye, like lizard eyes or lizard's tongue sounds more, I don't know, traditional, but like a lizard's tail, you could harvest those because don't lizards grow their tails back or at least some of them do. So you could have like a lizard tail maybe. What do you think? What is she harvesting from lizards? I, at first I'm like, oh, is she like milking them? But not a mammal, so they don't have milk. Okay. And that's also disgusting, just like Janie pointed out. So what is, what is Pauline harvesting from lizards? I think that's a good question. All right. Question two. Okay. So uh, we all got to live through that Margot kissing Henry and... Oh, well, anything for you? Oh, that was so bad, right? Okay, question two. Was that um, exchange between Margot and Henry, was that sappy enough? Ugh, it was, that's the question, yeah. Tell me if that was sappy enough, because I thought it was just dripping with, ugh. I actually forgot that he said anything for you. Oh, that's so, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Like, I say that in a joking manner to the, my lovely wife, Laura, but, well, I mean, not joking. I mean it. Whatever she wants, it's fine. Yeah, I'll go buy you some new blueberries this week. That's, I'm, I'm available, but, yeah, that was very sappy. What do you think? Was this exchange sappy enough? And then Margot kissed him on the cheeks and ran away. What do you think? Sappy enough? I think it hit the nail on the head for terrible romance written by a man in his late 30s, probably at the time. Oof. It was whiffy. Oof. Okay, question three. All right, so Henry comes to breakfast with a plate full of sausages and biscuits. How many biscuits could you eat in a sitting? I'm uh, Now, like I pointed out while reading, I think I could only do two. Biscuits are... They're like super bready. I mean, I guess I put butter on them, but still, they're just so bready. I, I Even if that's all I'm eating for breakfast, I think two's the limit. I can't get past that. I don't know. What, what's your opinion on this? Uh, I know when my parents come to visit, we go to Bob Evans. And if you don't know what Bob Evans is, uh, it's like the greatest chain breakfast restaurant ever. It makes IHOP look like a pile of puke. But uh, they have these biscuits that are amazing. And uh, when my parents come, they don't have Bob Evans in uh, the Massachusetts. So they have to have it when they come out here to Ohio. And we always, he, my dad is like fanatical about Bob Evans uh, sausage gravy. So they get this freaking gargantuan bowl of sausage gravy and order up a shit ton of biscuits to pour it on top of and eat. And you know what? It is delicious. I can't argue with that. It's amazing. But it's also a ton of freaking food. We usually don't eat lunch that day if I take them to Bob Evans. And when they come out, they go to Bob Evans like three times. But, uh, I mean, that helps with the biscuits. I think the gravy adds a little lubrication because 
biscuits can be moist, but not moist enough. You know what I mean? I mean, they're still going to get stuck in your throat if you're eating three or four of them. Ugh. I feel like I'd be shaking after that from like the, just the sugars in me. Ugh. Oof. It's giving me diabetes just thinking about it. I don't know. How many do you think you could eat? I can only get through two, I think. That is my limit. And they have to be good biscuits. You know what? I'm not eating those freaking, like, Pillsbury Grands. I'm not having three of those things. They suck compared to Bob Evans. Or if you made one from scratch, I guess that could be pretty good, too. I don't know. Yeah, write in. Let me know what you think. And if you do want to write in, why don't you head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. And right there, you can find a few ways to contact me. You can reach me via email at jba at sdf.org. Or you can reach me on mastodon at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're on Twitter like a normal person, you can hit me up at Fortran Jeff. And then you could tell me how, how much you enjoyed this Ah, this romance between our two main characters. Oh, it's so sweet watching them fall in love. Oh, <laughs> I feel like this is, I don't even know what to say about this. It's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like an adolescent novel. I don't know. What do you even describe this as? I, it's the, the romance is like freaking juvenile as hell, but... The plot is so weak, it's not even a... It's barely a book. <laughs> barely a freaking book. And I actually peered ahead a few chapters. Not the story I thought. It goes... It's a little different. That's what I want to say. Not, it doesn't go in a different direction. It's just a little different. Eh. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's written already. It's published. Why don't you go buy a book? If you go to jeffreadshisbook.com, you can go to Amazon from there and purchase a copy of this delightful book. So next week, we're going to find out more about this budding romance. So until next time, keep on reading. <laughs>